everybody, it's Monday, August 5th, 2019. Hello, my baby. It's Monday Hello, again. Baby. You already... No, can't son. That's, Hello, that's... my ragtime girl. We <laughs> talked to you about singing ragtime. It's not allowed. It's I the, love that uh, song. Song. What was the frog that when the WB back was a network mm-hmm. back? Uh, Michigan J Frog. Michigan J Frog, yeah. yeah. That guy. We'd always sing that. Make him, make him macro. Anyway, this is the Size Matters podcast. You're listening to Size Matters episode... Oh, what was the number? 27? 26? 27? I don't know anymore. We're and so professional. 25. <laughs> yes. No, it's not 25. We passed 25. I said above it's like, 25. It's like, it's like 26, I think. It's episode 27. 27. I was right. I totally said 27. Oh, my microphone just slipped. And you are <laughs> listening to Size Matters episode 27. Uh, my name is Quandry Bashir, and I am your host. And what are you drinking? And tonight, yeah. I am drinking... A street lamp porter by Falls City Beer out of Louisville, Kentucky. Nice. It has a nice uh, porter flavor and taste of street lamps that they put from the cities they squeeze to put into <laughs> oh, the gosh. Toss the can. One, toss one my mm, way. Crunchy. That sounds so good. It's it's beer with pulp. Anyway. And what are you drinking, uh, <laughs> Benny Tiger, my co-host? Oh, well, uh, co-host Benny Tiger. I am drinking Jackie O's brand Dark Apparition. It's a Russian Imperial Stout, about 10%. Now, we were oh, talking my. before this. Is this just a random Jackie O? I mean, this isn't like Jack no, it's Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, right? So I moved, and I'm buying all the local beers to see if I like them. This is Jackie O's Brewery of Athens, Ohio, is and it, it's mm-hmm. actually a really good Russian stout. Is it spelled like J-A-C-K-I-E-O or something like that? Uh, yeah, their website is J-A-C-K-I-E-O-S dot com. Jackie hmm. O's. Oh, I've never I, heard of that one. And Kenson we... Shimobe, other co-host. What are Hello, you yes. Make, Make a cheek, cheap. Nam. Uh, so I'm drinking Malibu again because it's my go-to, and I didn't really have anything else in the fridge. You didn't plan. Uh, <laughs> well, See, I, I mean, went I... to the beer store. Yeah, so I have, some, I have something else, but it's just more rum, and I like Malibu a little better anyway. So... Um, rum the is most important too. preparation for the podcast is what will you be drinking while you're talking? <laughs> That's fair. But I also have uh, a water, obviously. Got to stay hydrated, children. And then I have water too. Yeah. And then a sparkling ice plus caffeine because it's delicious and tasty. I also it's have like two backup water. beers if I run out of this street lamp, which is that's about halfway done now, so I'll probably run out. I'll probably open the Shiner and may not open the Kentucky Coffee Barrel Stout um, later. But uh, Con, yes. we don't have the we don't have the budget for backup beers. How did you get that? I'm just imagining a giant red panda dragging home the brew towers from a nearby brewery. Well, nice. Shiner had to go like all the way to Texas because that's not that's a, that's not a local beer. That's it's not that far. Come on, mm. it's a few steps. It's longer than the I'd panda. like. That's oh, you well, have that's to walk like... all the way through Oklahoma. Just gotta roll Oklahoma, there. where the wind goes probably down the road. Yeah, that thing. Rogers and Hammerstein, right? Where does that? Yeah, that's right. That is a Rogers and Hammerstein, yes. Okay. Um, so yes. Hammerstein. Uh, so yes. So this is the Size Matters podcast where we don't usually talk about. Well, I guess we kind of have done a history of talking about alcohol. Um, now that I think mm-hmm. about it, but it's tasty. Uh, yeah, but we hit musical theater as a tangent more often, which is somewhat surprising. Mm-hmm. Not more Hello, often than my alcohol. Baby. Hello, my. Oh. Uh, that's more like vaudeville. Not, that song is not really music yeah. theater. But did you know that that was uh, oh god, what was his name? Carl Stalling, the guy that did the music. That was him sneaking in a no-no through the contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone knew that he knew all these old tunes, and he constantly used them in cartoons. 
And so finally, the only time in his career, he wrote a tune. He wrote Michigan Rag. He was not supposed to put his own personal music through. And so he did this vaudeville style tune and they ran it through and no one noticed. And hmm. so he, he he broke his contract, just like the animators sneaking stuff in. Sneaky, like sneaky. like the, in the rescuers where they fly by the windows and it's like naked women changing clothes. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's one of them's got a poster. Man, since since the dawn of animation, uh, animators have been slipping stuff in like that for forever. But well, naughty, naughty animators. So yes. Today's episode <laughs> is what we'll talk about is something kind of involved with animation being involved because mm-hmm. animation is a component of video games. Yes, Woo! nailed the segue. <clears throat> yes, I, I've worked very right. hard on these. But yes. Uh, yeah, so we've talked about video games before back in the the pre-Benny days. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. And yes. and there was a three-quarters of an hour Pokemon segue. Yeah, that wasn't even... I'm thinking oh, yeah. on, That wasn't the same day we did the video game podcast. That was just randomly <laughs> came up. No, um, no, but another, another good topic, though. But we could go there if we talk about Can't Stop Growing's Pokemon Grow video. Well, I mean, yes. they are going to... You know, the new Pokemon game is going to have the whole, like, what... Uh, Dynamax. Grow Maxing, I think, is what it's called. It's Dynamax, and then there's Gigantamax. Gigantamax. And they've had mega evolutions in the past, although those haven't been very big. Mega evolutions are surprisingly, they're just misnamed, I think, because they're not really that big. Well, it's it's expected in games where you have characters that are big baddies that at the very Mm -hmm. end you make them bigger and baddier. I mean, Bowser's is like the best example of that. And And, I love it. And Bowser's one of the ones where his size relative to Mario has wildly shifted throughout the course of the Super Mario series. Because like... In the original Super Mario Brothers, he's maybe twice as big as Mario. Um, and and mm-hmm. that's probably, like, I think his standard size is maybe closer to three times as big. Or, like, that's what you see in, like, Mario 64. Um, but then there's, like, what is it? Uh, I think Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube. He's, mm-hmm. like, sev- like, 70 feet tall or something like that relative uh-huh. yeah. to Mario. It's amazing. That, is that the one where he's chasing up and eating the entire board behind Mario? Not really. No, I mean, I mean you're, he's he's in this biggest arena, and you're running around the arena, and he's like uh, smashing yeah. stuff onto you and things. Um, uh, but also, Super Mario Galaxy Two, I think. I haven't played this yet. No spoilers. Okay, so I will Uh-oh. just say Bowser is pretty much one of the biggest sizes he ever is in that game. Is he? So, is he a planet himself? Uh, that's the idea. Planet <laughs> Bowser. Because I mean, the whole the whole Super Mario series is based around the idea yeah. of like exploring these little planetoids. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and okay, to to the credit on the original game, there was a limited amount of hardware that you could, a limited amount of sprites you could redraw on the screen in each pass. And, and to be fair, like Bowser is the biggest character in all of the original Mario, yep. Super Mario Brothers games. Um, Donkey Kong is pretty big, but yeah, well, he's Don- not as big. As, Donkey Kong's um, not in the original Super Mario Brothers games. Oh, not Super Mario Brothers, but he's in. Yeah, he's in the yeah, Donkey Kong. Is Donkey Kong the earliest kaiju video game? That was one of the things I was trying to piece out in my mind. I mean, it's really the earliest video game with a narrative, so... Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and it's a vertical board is how they got that out, where they clear and redrew Mm -hmm. the screen. They didn't want to do that originally. Right, right. Yeah, but um, going back to Mario real quick, I think I've been playing a lot of uh, Mario Maker lately, um, on the Super Mario Maker 2 on the Switch, and... One of the best things about Mario is that you can make Bowser, you can give him a mushroom and make him even bigger. Uh-huh. Yes, bring us stackable mushrooms already. 
yeah it's yeah, only one one was, you can't do more than one but yeah the mega mushroom was uh implemented with the super bar super mario brothers or the new super, new mario, super brothers. mario brothers yeah yeah well and and don't forget there was a uh super mario brothers 3 had the giants board yes 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 it did and wasn't there a micro mushroom uh, mm-hmm. That's in New Super Mario Brothers as well. Yeah, that, that's so, the that's the not the poison. Is it the poison mushroom that shrinks you? Well, I so in Super Mario Brothers Two Japan, known in the Americas and Europe as the Lost Levels, um, there mm-hmm. is the purple poison mushroom, uh, which yeah. just basically does, it, it, hitting it or collecting it um, operates the same as like touching an enemy, where you you go back down to regular. Uh, Mario. So you get hit effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in gotcha. new in the New Super Mario Brothers games, including I think I think it's in. The original, as well as like New Super Mario Bros. Wii, New Super Mario Bros. Wii U, and into um, there is the Micro Mushroom, which makes you even smaller than normal Mario, um, mm-hmm. and that allows you to get through these little cracks. And also, you like are more floaty, so you can make like floaty jumps and run on the surface of the water and and kind of like cool. behave like an insect. Oh, that's neat. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Okay, so Mario, I've always loved Mario because it's obviously so beloved for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but it's also I think the first game to actually use size shifting as a mechanic. Oh, that's a good question. Am Interesting. I wrong? Well, so the original Altered Mario Brothers Beast and had power ups. Uh, Super Mario yeah. Brothers would, would predate Altered Beast. Um, yeah, it's, it's 1985. Um, but, so the original Mario Brothers and then the Donkey Kong, which was Mario's debut, didn't have size shifting, but Super Mario mm-hmm. Brothers did. Um, right, right. I'm trying right. to think if there's any other care, any other games. That I can think of that would be earlier than that because I can't really. Th- There's probably something on the Atari um, mm-hmm. that had. Gosh, there's well, so and there's Atari. well, okay, back in a way. There's a lot. There's this entire long line of Godzilla games on the PC that That's go true. back forever. But that wouldn't uh, really be size shifting, you know. Are we yeah. going to count text-based games? Oh, for uh, I, sure. I hadn't even thought games. of that. So yeah, there was that whole furry muck uh, that counted as a size shifting text based game. Uh, but that's getting into like chat room. That's that's less game than. Yeah. True. Yeah. So what 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 text game were you thinking of? I don't know. Um, I I know that there've just been text games in the past. I'm not super familiar with them, but I was just thinking that if they're technically video games, but you interact yeah. with them not with a graphical interface, but a text interface, I don't know. I I mean that would definitely be I think that would qualify. It's something that you would like a choose it, your own adventure. It has uh-huh. to, well, it has a game designer, it has a an objective. Um it has basically everything that like a traditional adventure game would have except for the graphics. Uh, that's true you know it, it is it, there is a world space where you're having to navigate through most of them you'll mm-hmm. have you'll have an inventory like you would in a you know point and click adventure game um true. but yeah you don't have the the graphics there to that like, so, like king's quest or monkey island would have right so i just thought of something um that i think most people within the macro and micro realm that we live in are familiar with it but it's uh i believe it is a game um, it's made with the Unity engine. It's called Sizebox. I was going to bring that up as one of the options because yes. we have a lot of games where it's like, okay, it's player versus environment. It's player versus player. It's asymmetrical player versus player. It's but all literally these- a, uh, like a size shifting sandbox. Yeah, there sandbox. are a couple of sandboxes that come out, and Sizebox, which I think uh, the Twitter is at Sizebox Dev. Yeah, I think um, so. That is a free environment which you can import models, set up scenarios, and do animations. It right? is amazing. You- oh, so you so played good. with it. 
Yes, it is so well made, and it's Unity, which Unity's from what I've heard is kind of hard to work with, but it's 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 uh, obviously still in development. I've heard it's... Unity's pretty easy to work with. That's why a lot of developers go to Unity. Oh, well, I'm not sure. I haven't really gotten into game development too much. Well, I mean, but... compared to writing a assembler for 6502 to do your Super Mario Brothers, it's probably a freaking breeze. I, I've just heard that Unreal Engine 4 is like the best thing ever since sliced bread when it comes to programming games. <laughs> I think that depends. Like, if maybe if you're I think, like, I think you cut your teeth opinions. on, if you cut. Well, I mean, I'm not a developer. I've never used these engines, but I think the <laughs> idea is that like, if you cut your teeth on Unreal, then yeah, you're probably going to be more leaning towards wanting to to work in Unreal Engine four. But Unity's a lot more open, and I think Unity's a lot more true. For my, true. you know, easy to work with. I don't know though. I'm not again. I'm not yeah. a game developer. But like, so Sizebox, uh, the creation of it was essentially just. Pretty much that. It's a sandbox game, sandbox environment that you are totally free to make your own models, to make your own uh, environments, etc. You can yeah, there's, import there's them no into game the game engine. It's just a sandbox, Damn. and you can do camera POV and stuff. So does that really make it a game, though? And then also, uh, that makes me think of um, uh, Evil Sprites game as okay, well. Okay, just ignore my question. What was your question? It's not a game. It feels almost like a game editor. I, yeah. I, and even even for like the folks that do the size engines for World of Warcraft, they've set up the environment that it's not really a game anymore. They're just they're just focusing on making giant characters and filming videos in some ways. Mm -hmm. What was your question, Quan? I didn't uh, mean to. Does that really make it a game? If does it's not, it if it doesn't have you said it doesn't have a game, like yeah, is size box a game? Yeah, I think it is because it's a game that you can kind of make on your own. Uh, there, there's there's things that are pre-built in, obviously, to the game. But if you want to add stuff, because I know Ares the Bat, essentially, I think he made his own model with Blender and then imported it into Sizebox and has made content from it. So well, then couldn't you say, like, Maya is a game or, you know, if, if you're going that, like, Photoshop well, is a game? <laughs> Sizebox isn't really an application, though. I don't know. Photoshop it's kind of a... is a game where you lose money every month to subscriptions and <laughs> yeah. you just don't win anything. There is no winning, no. Um, well, you pirate it and, and then make baby Jesus cry. Pirates? I don't know any pirates. Pirates. I think I, I might know a few pirates. That's so so we've danced around one, one item uh, when it comes to macro gaming and micro gaming, I guess. There is the line in 1986 where Rampage came out. Yes. There's like before Rampage, you have things like King's Quest where you get to be Jack and the Beanstalk. And then mm. after Rampage, I think I can't think of anything before Rampage where you you fought environment <coughs> or or you even. Bless you. Sorry, Bless you maybe, twice. I meant to hit the mute and, and it didn't mute. Bless That's you. all right. Okay, now I found that. There the had to be Godzilla games and stuff. And I was hoping Kenson would know this, but it's probably like way before his well, time. Did so, you do so, DOS games? I didn't do DOS games, unfortunately. I was uh, too young at that point, yeah. and my my family also wasn't you know super computer savvy, so I didn't have you know any really real interaction with a computer till I was like twelve or something. But there is a Godzilla NES game um, that is, I think, I think there's multiple ones, but it's uh, Godzilla. Shoot. Frank There's a lot of Godzilla me. games. I, uh, didn't one come out with a 98 movie that the game was rated better than the movie? Mm, I don't think Godzilla 1998 had a game. Uh, there were a couple PC games made by people like on Newgrounds and stuff or like the equivalent of that, but it was never anything uh, like an actual game, I don't think. 
So according to the uh, Wikipedia, which is an online source of information... I've never heard of Wikipedia. The earliest Godzilla game was actually released in 1983 for the Hmm. Commodore 64. Uh Oh, it's developed by... uh, uh, (coughs) Well, I just lost the name. Uh, Developed by Glenn Fisher and published by Codeworks. Well, and, and when Rampage came out in the arcade and that was all the rage, I know there was a lot of knockoff games that came out mm-hmm. all at once for dogs. Because oh, yeah. people would do that. If there was a, you know, they'd say, oh, I see that in the arcade. I'm going to write something similar. So there's like War of Monsters. That's not the title. That's a later game. I'm trying oh, to find like, if any, like what's the earliest one that lets you actually control Godzilla? Because that one you're fighting against Godzilla. There's Godzilla versus, or Godzilla and the Monsters, which is for the uh, ZX Spectrum, which is a British computer thing. oh my goodness um zx spectrum no yeah way. zx I've, I've heard it only in relation to like like the you know the company rare um oh yeah they they rare. got they cut their teeth on on the zx spectrum that like a lot of british developers and it, you know would would have um learned how to program especially if, if they were on in the 80s um that would have been their first development tool because it was pretty open and and mm-hmm. very big in britain um huh. there's godzilla versus three major monsters for the msx which was a japanese computer but also that came out in is that the title versus three major monsters yeah that seems like a very japanese that's a bandai published by bandai um okay but none of these except for that first godzilla game on the commodore none of those are actually describing what the game is so mm-hmm. yeah so i i have a question for yes. for yes, you very large gentleman um was there ever a game either as a kid or in the recent past that involved a character getting huge in some way and you just like played it forever and ever just to like get huge and stomp around anything like that oh yeah for for me it was the arcade rampage okay and i would huge is kind of relative there though i I would actually when the character runs out of steam because it's a quarter eater uh, mm-hmm. When the character runs out of steam, I would let the character shrink all the way down before putting yeah. the part back in so I could I, see them grow all the way back up. A man of taste. <laughs> well, and you're also in danger because your your fellow teammates can eat you. I mean, I don't know how right. much you guys mm-hmm. have played the original game, but each of the characters can only eat one kind of human, but they can eat any of their teammates. Yep, yep. And then also Rampage for the Nintendo 64 as well as Rampage World Tour, which was the one that came out after um, implemented more of an open feel to it, whereas any character could eat any any person. Yep, um, yep. There was more ways to destroy stuff, etc. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing about letting your character shrink all the way back down and then you know start again. Me too. Me too. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't... What about you, Quan? Well, like Rampage, I didn't play Rampage really originally. I, I, the only time I can remember actually encountering it in an arcade setting was about three or four years ago when I was in Pasadena and there was mm-hmm. a like a retro arcade there that like, you know, had a flat rate to pay in and you, all the machines were, you know, yes. free, free it, to play. And they had, it's an old game. There. it feels kind of flat now. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, it, sure. I could definitely see the, the appeal to it come, you know, as it someone, who, so- as someone who does like old games, just never came across rampage because I didn't really hang out in arcades. And I think mm-hmm. the, uh, I, I guess it came out. Of the NES. I don't, I don't know why I never came across it when I was a kid. I don't know. Uh, the NES port was really expensive. I remember buying it as a kid. I saved up my allowance and all that, and it was so bad, I returned it. It's the first <laughs> video game I ever returned. I'm like, man, this sucks. But but uh, to answer the, your question about like if there's a, uh, a, a a game that you played over and over again, I mean, 
what Super Mario Bros. 3 is my favorite game of all time, and, and I played it over and over as a kid, and my favorite thing to go to was always to go to World 4, which is the, the giant world. The giant's um, world. Yes. But that's something where Mario's not the giant, everyone else is giant. You have the I mean, giant Koopas right. and giant, you know, the big fat uh, Hammer Bro. And... W- would Quandry wear the Tanuki suit? Quandry is the Tanuki suit. It's the Quandry suit. He, he I, I know, it's I know, but I'm, I'm asking. You can't double up like that. That just, like, cancels each other too out mu- then. Too much actually, speed. actually, I think it would make you bigger. Uh, we, we'll have to check our, our sources, do some science. And then you hold so... down and be and become Grandpa uh, Moses. <laughs> Before we wander yeah. too far off of Rampage, uh, one thing to note is uh, how groundbreaking that was. Because it ah. was... <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> puns <laughs> anyway. it was the first game i remember in the arcade where you didn't have like a set objective where you have to compete for a high score and then die it's the first time where uh there is no linear morality you can do what you want to in that game mm-hmm. it could be, be pvp uh, or you could try and destroy everything you know you're a, you're a giant monster who's gonna stop you yeah come on i mean in that way it's kind of almost like a pinball table where you know, there. I mean, I guess pinball tables do have set objectives, but you're really just exploring the table as you play. And I mean, until yeah. you at least become super familiar with uh, a specific table, you're not gonna get to the you know the main objective. I mean, I, I'm I love playing uh, uh, theater of magic, and I think I've only gotten to the grand finale once or twice on that. It's just so much to do mm-hmm. on that. And, and the same, I think, is kind of true of rampages that you have, you know. It's a game with an objective, but there's so much freedom there that you know a lot of players, even the ones that play it all the time, aren't just going to get to that object objective. Well, and the original game, to the point, didn't have an ending. Uh, That's true. Mm-hmm. If you play, uh, if you play in a round of what is it, 128 days, which is all of the cities, mm-hmm. uh, it gives you a super bonus. You get super healthy, and then at 768 days, it just drops you back in day one because they run out of memory for the counter. Mm-hmm. And the, the developers outright said they said no one's going to get to 768 and rotate it. Of course, people have, but <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there yeah. was no ending. Like do, not, kills, do not doubt gamers like getting to the Pac-Man kill screen. Yep. Yeah. Well, r- r- comparatively, uh, a decade later, 1997, when they did World Tour, Rampage World Tour, mm-hmm. there yes. is an ending. It's one of my favorite games. Uh huh. You have to get to the end to like totally, totally uh, unlock everything. And yeah, all there's not only is there an ending to the story, which uh, on most of the home consoles was censored a little. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a gimme from the developers where uh, there's a little clip of video on the PlayStation one that I played uh, where the Ralph and Lizzie are attacking the developers headquarters. Nice. Oh, it's it's poetic. That is poetic. So, so Kenson, to go back to one, to one of your questions earlier, um, mm-hmm. you asked if there was a earlier game besides Super Mario Brothers that would involve um, size, size shifting change. in some matter. What about mm-hmm. the game Snake? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah, which it would which be, really date, that dates back to the seventies because I mean that oh that, gosh, that, you, that, you... that that is uh, you know the, the the concept of Snake I guess is uh it's, it looks like it goes back to an arcade game Blockade which right. was in the October seventy six. Um, Literally, but... it's the epitome of of like what is near and dear to our hearts at least yeah. some of us. It's like you eat stuff, you get bigger. Right, <laughs> and, it's, and it's, it's reptile based, so there's obviously going to be fans. As a matter of fact, I've seen someone tweeting about that last week. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I found a reptile growth scene. Tooth is <laughs> pleased. Tooth is very pleased. So that's probably the earliest example I can think of. Okay, that that's yeah. fair. 
So going back to my other question about uh, a game that you played over and over again that had anything to do with like you know getting huge and stomping around, um, Rareware is one of my favorite developers of all time because I love their games. First off, uh, Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Donkey Kong sixty four back in the N sixty four days is I didn't know Rare did some Donkey of my sixty four. Mm-hmm. They did. Yep. And wow. uh, Donkey Kong sixty four was a game that I played thousands of hours of because one character in the game known as Chunky Kong, had an ability called Hunky Chunky, where (laughs) he would hop on a barrel and get huge, and you could stomp around. I played with that so much as a kid, and I I still even will go back to it and do it for for fun now. But uh, that and Banjo-Tooie, because you can turn into a a T-Rex, essentially, like a daddy T-Rex and and stomp around. Like I just did that crap all the time as a kid and still now. Nice. Love Rareware. Ugh. I, I I actually wish, I was hoping so much that ukulele would have had something like that, but it didn't. Ukulele just seemed like it kind of a, was a big disappointment. <laughs> kind of, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad because, I mean, it looks great. It's Rareware style in a modern format, and it's, it's awesome, but it just was lackluster, and I'm sad. Uh, I, I think it's because those style of games weren't very good originally. No, no, they are. Ooh, <laughs> you take that back. We Man, will fight. Jo- Kaiju battle. <laughs> They're collectathons. That's like Banjo Kazooie just gets oh, yeah. old so quickly. I never yeah, played like, Donkey Kong sixty four, but so I have to say, I'm I'm the type of gamer. At least um, I'm more casual with some games and collectathons like that are not my favorite genre. But if you just want to be mindless about playing a game, they're fun. They're quirky. There's since we're talking about games that the, the, the genre has been beaten down into the ground uh, <laughs> and, and we're talking about rampage do any of you remember the added characters and later versions of rampage no what well, well, so the original uh, characters for those who are unfamiliar is uh ralph the the wolf giant right? werewolf yeah giant werewolf, yep. um george the giant uh monkey yep. um and lizzie, and lizzie the yeah. giant lizard um, my boy and and they were all i guess humans that had was it just like an experiment gone wild? What was the what would actually cause? So they did they go so into it, it at all? It was it was Scum Labs. They were doing testing. George was transformed by an experimental vitamin. Lizzie was oh. a radioactive lake that she swam in, and Ralph was transformed by a food additive. So that they were was all the original story. They were all three transformed by completely different sources, but ended up with similar transformations Caused by Scum Labs. Yeah. Well, not just similar transformation. The original game, Ralph and George are the same body, and they're just head swapped and color swapped. If you look close, huh. interesting. You know, so like, so like, uh, isn't Scum Labs the the ones who did that stuff? Scum Labs is what they really bring up and amp up in, in Rampage World Tour uh, ninety seven. Right. That becomes a thing, and you get the character, you get the guy that runs it, and Doctor Veronica and all that. Yeah, Doctor Veronica. Uh, later, they made like didn't they make they made like a rhino and a rat and a lobster and a warthog and no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So because none of those characters are. So, uh, so I was I was reading that to remind myself of the yeah. dates. The rat would be interesting, I guess. After mm-hmm. the movie, they released another video game. There's a rampage made in 2018. Really? But Is it it's an only iOS? available. It's only available at. Dave and Buster's. It's an arcade. Oh, oh yeah, actually, yeah, I have played that actually. Okay. No, have, is it like the arcade creatures or is it sprites? What is it? So it's it's like the original Rampage game for the N sixty four. Not sorry, not original as an NES, but for the Nintendo sixty four, but just modern graphics. 
They they literally just took that game and then just modernized it, oh, and it so looks fantastic. Oh, okay. And it's actually it's it's more three D because instead of just going from left to right, uh, you can actually hop further like into the city for like different oh, levels. And stuff. Oh, so they took the, the what is it the the rampage total destruction engine from I think uh, so the mid two thousands where you could actually kind of get into the side of the building mm-hmm. and it's three D graphics it's not sprites. Yeah, and it's it's an amazing game. I wish they would actually make a console version or at least uh, an app for a mobile device. I wonder that'd be awesome. Who owns Rampage now? Because the original was mid- uh, Warner Brothers Midway. They, they uh, bought it in the Midway buyout. Yeah, because mm-hmm. not every Midway property went to Warner. But no, but that yeah, that I, see, I see on Wikipedia it says Warner Brothers currently owns all right. Yep, yep. Okay. So, are there any other games that uh, you guys can think of that involve a character? Um, either the main protagonist, the person that you play, or someone else getting huge or having a stomp fest or something. Oh, sure. Well, there's, there's tons of them. them. I mean, that's the whole point. Did you ever, oh, yeah. Did you oh, ever yeah. play Primal Rage, which was yeah, uh, yes. a versus thing of, with like Mortal Kombat-type tinges on all of the blood stuff? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That's, did, you, I, I, did, you I ever, did you ever find the Easter eggs on that? No, I didn't play it enough. It was oh. only a few times. So if you do a really cool move in Primal Rage, and of course uh, they all have their own million button combos, uh, mm-hmm. the, the 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 people that are worshiping the creatures that are fighting, a couple <laughs> of them will come forward to 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 salam or whatever you know salute you for doing a cool move. It has to be a combo. Mm-hmm, right. Back up, you can get behind them, okay. and you can hit them up in the air with a with a with a with a kick. Oh, that's awesome. The other Pete's guy or person can hit them as well, and you bat them back and forth, right? They, they do an arc. <laughs> if you do it like three times, uh-huh. a volleyball net pops up, and for the next 30 <laughs> seconds, you're playing volleyball with the little humans. Does it actually oh, like keep score? as volleyball. It keeps score. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, Beherit, Rogue, where are you guys at? This is something I can see you guys doing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I only I, ever I just... saw that in the arcade once. It's so freaking hard to do to get that game. And of course, Primal mm-hmm. Rage was one of those games where if someone knew it, you put your quarter and they show up, they just take it from you. You know, it was uh-huh, uh-huh, if they right. knew the 8 million button combo that kills everything, you know. Uh-huh, that's true. Because fighting games, fighting games are, I, I do like fighting games. I think the fighting games community um with like Evo and all those tournaments and stuff. I think they're great. It's one of the game series that has the most focus and pressure when it comes to like a professional circuit. Um, But if you're not a professional or you don't know what you're doing, it's easy to just, the the learning cap is so, so crazy for those games. So, so for Primal Rage, I have a follow-up that I'm going to have to do now because I was going to look at this stuff up, right? And mm-hmm. there was a Primal Rage 2 that they were going to come out with. It got canceled. I remember hearing that. Sad. But they decided they still needed to have some form of media out. And then I read this paragraph on Wikipedia. It says, thus in 1997, a novel called Primal <laughs> Rage, The Avatars, written by John Vornholt, was published by Boulevard Books. Interesting. They did a novelization of this like <laughs> Mortal Kombat macro kill game. And I'm like, That's... okay, I have to go find that in a 49 cent bin Bravo. somewhere and read it. <laughs> Me too. Dang. 
Because, like, I mean, there there have been games in the past that obviously have novels and stuff, but it's interesting that Primal Rage got one. Yeah, I can't think of any that are, like, that simple as far as, like, from a story perspective. Mm -hmm. Or even really that early, because that's, what, the early PS game era? uh, Yeah. PlayStation Uh, era? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're in the PlayStation era there, the PlayStation 1-ish. And, I mean, that's, you know, you didn't really have, it wasn't, like, Mass Effect or... You know, the Halo even, where you have all of this lore that went into games uh, for, for right. the most part. Right. Um, you might have had games that were based on worlds that had lore, but um, that, they were almost, you know, side thoughts. So, so having a book that was written on a fairly thin premise of a game is well, that, You just got to make the story at that point. Yeah, Gotta I mean, come up with a reason why everything exists. But but it's just it's kind of hilarious to see like they canceled the game, but they felt the story had to get out there. It was just so much so important, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Who, who'd you say I the just author was again? What this? Uh, what? Who'd you say the author was again? John Vornholt. John, John Vornholt. Okay. So he's actually a, a closet macro. He wrote a I'm ton sure of Star Trek novels, apparently. Okay. Hey, hey, if you can do stuff on spec, you get paid. You know that's that's mm-hmm. how. You know, we have this video game. Make a book out of it. Like, okay. Like you know. 25 Star Trek novels. Looking at this wow. And I love... St- I got a hand it to Star Trek. If, if I remember correctly, unlike Star Wars, Star Trek, the novels are still canon. Uh, I think or, that varies. I think there's... I, I think it can... Thanks, depend. Disney. Damn it. All the novels. Well, even before Disney, there was different levels of canon for Star Wars, and well, right, a, a lot of the Disney's novels like, out there were not the the movie canon. Right, but Disney's then like, oh, now that we own it, we're gonna make the Star Wars story completely our own thing, and well, every they, book that explained everything is gone. Those books were really bad for the most part, not all of them, but most of the part <laughs> of them, them were really bad. Yeah, some you of them forget are, some that of them there's like good. comic books that came out in the late '70s because they, right. they expected Star Wars to be a come and go movie for like two years, and yeah. so they weren't really caring. And, and <laughs> now it's you know twenty years later. This is the original works. I'm like, no, no. It's like, not. like should the Christmas special yeah, be yeah. canon? I mean, come on. What would you? What would you get a Wookiee when he doesn't? Have, when he already has a comb? Hmm. Well, you get him shampoo. That's a big musical number in that special. I, I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I've seen part of it, but. Okay, 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 just a quick that, aside. That is a tangent, yeah. Hmm. Just a quick Star Wars aside. So okay. Bef- yeah, before yeah. the first prequel came out, I was living in Washington, D.C., and yeah. in the Smithsonian, in the Air and Space Museum, they brought a lot of the Star Wars original uh, models and costumes, and they had a temporary exhibit of Star Wars, right? That's awesome. Holy crap. And, and so I had some friends that are sci-fi fans, and they were up in New Jersey, and they're like, oh, we're missing it. It's closing this weekend. And I uh-huh. went... I went, I looked, this is no, there's still tickets because the, the, the Smithsonian stuff is free, but they ticket the number of people that can get into it mm-hmm. so right. that, that it doesn't get crowded. I'm like, you could drive down here tonight and we can go tomorrow. And so they did. So I and went through that exhibit did. on like the last day. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. But like every museum exhibit, it drops you into the gift shop at the end. Of course. And so it's the last day. So they've had everything on sale. So you go to this gift shop and it's just, it's mostly empty, right? <laughs> And you're wandering around, and here's a broken toy, or here's yeah. the entire Darth Vader outfit that costs fifteen hundred dollars. This no used to buy. be a Millennium Falcon, <laughs> right? And I walk by. It's one of those things of where you just kind of walk by something, and there was a bin that was full, 
Mm. And I just like, wait a minute. And I go back and I look and it was the Sony CD release of the music from Christmas in the Stars, a Star oh, Wars Christmas special. Gosh. It sparked down to like a buck. And I was like, I must Holy. have this. <laughs> it, it, like if you have guests over and they're not taking the hint mm. that it's time to go home. <laughs> Oh man! So kind of put this on and put earplugs in, and after about ten minutes, they run screaming from the house. It's great. That's hmm. Okay, I actually okay. So um, I'm going to show a little. I'm not going to recommend you ever look up Christmas in the Stars on YouTube. I don't want okay. you to do that. It hurts. Okay, I, I was going to say because uh, I'm going to re <laughs> I'm going to reveal some some uh, naivety or innocence, I guess, because I didn't even know this was a thing. I have to see it now. I'm sorry. It I came have out to like the year it. after the movie. Most of the singing is C-3PO and R2-D2. And it's just horribly bad. What is, is it like? Is it like a musical? It's a Christmas special. So, yes, they're singing. It's a oh 70s Wait, Christmas special, it, man. This, this oh is the gosh. same as I was talking about. The, the, the one with the light day and or life day or whatever. And, and the Wookiee family, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I never knew it had the, the Christmas in the Stars title. I just knew it as the, the Star Wars oh, Christmas Oh, you know special. it as the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, that, I think okay. that's its official mm -hmm. title. I'll tell you what. If you really want, I'll share the music with you and play it for a little bit and then clean your oh, heart. Gosh. No, you I, know, I, I gosh, think we're good. Please. I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, though. Thank you for the offer. Um, so, in, um, uh, so back to video games. In Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Wait, um, wait. I totally have a sec. You know, the Star Wars video games had that giant sandworm. So, but Yoshi's uh -huh. two, Yoshi's I Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World two. Um, <laughs> that was your segue. The, uh, yeah, totally. The oh all the bosses, you know, are are where Kamek, uh, the Magic Hoop, comes in and kind of wages one, and there's like a, a normal sized enemy, mm -hmm. and that normal sized yep. enemy becomes gigantic. I love Kamek. Kamek's doing the Lord's work. Yes. I, I swear. I, I love power up giants if I, only you know. could like convince kamek to join your side and use his power for i good know slash mischief yes please because like you... okay so i love power up size but the only thing that's bad about it is that it's temporary oh yeah, that's why you just kind of got to make it less temporary but you got big baddies as the bosses and all kinds of things like yeah Dark and i just want to stomp them war resistance fall of man mass effect What's the rock? What is the biggest baddie you think war. you can think of that you've ever taken down? Like biggest in Chronos, size in God game? of War, without question. Yep. But uh, I also, I mean, I how, just, how, like, how big is Chronos? I think He's... it's two thousand to one. So, so Chronos, there's a very popular scene um, uh, like when you're fighting him. Thumbnail. Yeah. So when you're fighting him, <laughs> there's a scene where he he uh, catches you, and you're literally between two fingertips. And the fingertips are like very, like much, much larger than you. And you're trying to push them apart and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to say, Chronos is, scale, yeah. there's no one even close to that size difference in any I can other think game. of another one. Are well, you ready? What? So, Asura's Wrath, Gongan Wizen. Yes. Go ahead and Google that for He's, me. Yeah, we I think we talked about this in the, the last Whoa, video I, game episode, but. Yep. Basically, I have no idea it's, what this is. It's uh, so Shadow's Wrath was a game that came out in the 360, Xbox 360, Wrath. and PlayStation 3. Um, yeah, okay. Made by Capcom. Capcom made by Capcom. It's is basically an anime, but not an anime. Um, like they're mm -hmm. trying to go out uh, like in anime style, um, and it's yep. uh, 
about this guy who is kind of a demigod who gets Ashera. expelled. Yes, Ashera is this guy. Um, and he gets expelled from heaven and from the rest of the demigods and is wanting to get revenge, his wrath. Um, mm-hmm. But one, And the thing is, this is like the second boss you fight. Or I guess really the first boss you fight because the, the, the first one I've mentioned isn't really a boss. Um, it's amazing. It's a guy who starts out like relatively normal size. I think he's still bigger than Ashura, but like, like yeah, not all that of these much enemies, by the way, are gods. A- like, at some point, gods. like halfway through the fight, you suddenly see him like coming up over the side, the the, uh, the sunrise, and he's literally like half the size of the planet you're fighting I, on. I think he's actually. I think he's actually. Oh my god! Is the it same scene like in uh, Serious Sam, where the 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 devil creature is chasing you into the final battle? I never played seriously. Uh, I'm not ah, sure, but it. so essentially, what happens when that uh, when that part of the fight breaks out? Gong and Wizen is what he's called at that point. His name is Wizen, and he's yeah, he's Wizen. a fellow god. And uh, he raises a finger and goes to smush you under his finger. And then so Asura comes, and he's actually able to stop the finger, uh, but or, but he has like still like kind of pressed under it. But then like he mm-hmm. he makes like he makes a really ah sound, and he like eight really eight mad, more yeah. eight more hands arms come out because he has eight arms apparently. Um, and, and he, he then he <laughs> pushes it back and is able to push this finger up into the into the sky. Yeah, when you're talking oh. like Dragon Ball Z level high powered, it's very uh, anime Z. fights. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah especially I, I like how all of Macro Furry was about the one growing wolf fight scene in Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, as as ridiculous as like most anime can get, Asura's Wrath is even more ridiculous, and it just builds. Like I said, that's like the first boss fight, and it just wow. builds from there. It, it doesn't ever get to the point of like. Well, I guess uh, from a macros perspective, it, it, there, there's some other macro stuff in there. Um, that, but as far as like just from a ridiculous standpoint, it it, it keeps building. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's um it's an amazing game. Definitely recommend anyone who likes epic, uh, huge battles. Um, what's the title on that again? Because I'll Asura's Wrath. All right. So if you have an Xbox actually... One, I think it's I think it's available for. Uh, uh, backwards compatibility, um, mm-hmm. or if you still have oh, a 360 or, or whatever, yep. it, it might even be on the PlayStation uh, for like the their service, their PS Now or whatever. I think too. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, uh, there actually is something in Asura's Wrath that is even bigger. So, spoiler warning, spoiler alert. Oh no! It is, it is the DLC, uh, which is actually I didn't play the DLC. Ugh. I, I Wait, got, you played this game at my place, didn't you? No, no, I I started it at your place, okay. and then I finished the main game, and then I realized, oh, there's DLC that costs yeah. like ten bucks extra, and that's actually the true end of the story. So yeah. DLC. I, I'm kind of kind of a little salty at Capcom for doing <laughs> that, but uh, it's like an extra five or six hours at least. Okay, so Kansas, I'll probably never actually. I'll probably never actually. Dedication go. like a macro gamer looking yeah. for growth or stomping. That's and I'll fair. probably never actually go back to finish this. So tell me what 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 happens. Okay, ah. so for all you viewers out there, uh, as well as Quan and Benny, uh, it, the DLC it, takes place uh, right after you defeat um, the main bad guy that you're trying to go after. Go after, but the DLC starts revealing uh, a revelation that there was actually someone else pulling the strings behind the, the scenes. The golden spider. The golden spider who that, actually that, that actually be... that, that's how the first game ends like the golden spider comes in oh like the first game but that's how the main game mm-hmm. ends before the dlc they kind of tease that part 
Yep, and that's actually um, that golden spider. One moment. I am looking this up. Yes, I am. Because I want to get the name right. Uh, Chakravartin. Uh, Chakravartin. Ch Chakravartin, I think. Yeah, is the main bad guy. He's actually the creator of all. Like, he is the uh, all being. Like, the other gods are lesser, and he's the one who's created everything. So he's looking for someone to take his place and Asura ends up becoming the one that's worthy. So Asura who is bent on wrath because essentially his daughter has been used for a mantra at this point. Cause she's like a mantra generator, which gives the gods power. Right. And which is what gives the gods power and kind of I guess gives them the ability to destroy these uh, creatures that yeah. are like kind of coming out of the earth. These bad creatures. Yep. Yep. So uh, his daughter, Asura's daughter, has been like abused for, throughout the entire story. So here comes the all-being uh, Chakravartin, who's like, hey, you are to be my successor. Will you accept it? And Asura's just still pissed. He's like, no, I just want my daughter back. So you end up picking a fight with the all-creator of everything. And one point in the, um, in the, in the, the fight or getting to him, uh, you become bigger than the planet. And Chakravartin starts hucking suns at you. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets even more ridiculous. Is so, Chakravartin still in spider form? No, no, no. Chakravartin becomes. Uh, it looks. I'm gonna butcher the heck out of this, and I'm sorry, but it's. I think more like the Buddha in some way. Well, because that's kind of what Wizen looks like. Well, no. Yeah. yeah okay. the, the the whole thing the whole thing with like having I think he has twelve. Twelve represents, like something I'm, I'm butchering it but he has 12 arms if i'm not mistaken okay uh signifying that he is the all creator and he just hucks suns and planets and all kinds of stuff at you when you're flying to him and out in, in space and, and, and how does a server become bigger than the planet well so he absorbs the power all of the mantra of the because mantra. the other okay. gods that makes that makes yeah. sense Within, all of the other gods that makes sense within the concept context of this story. Yeah, all of the other gods at this point realize that uh, Chakravartin is trying to essentially reset the universe or to find uh, someone to replace him, and they're like, "Hey, we don't agree with what he's doing, so take all of our energy, even though we just tried to kill you." And mm -hmm. yeah, so speaking of trying to reset times. the universe, there's the Reapers in Mass Effect, which are oh, yeah. at least their their main um, ships are like the size of I guess not like they're like as big as they make like the, the, the Alliance dreadnoughts look like little bugs. Basically, I'm trying to think of a better way to describe this. Like kind of nice. um, miles long. Yeah. Okay. They're kind of inconsistent, I guess, and which makes sense because I think each um, main ship is, is like created differently because they're all like in the, if you go in the lore, like apparently each cycle, each 50,000 year cycle of Mass Effect the reapers when they're coming to, to harvest the the advanced civilizations they end up like creating one um dreadnought class or whatever i forget the actual class they call it it's not dreadnought um mm -hmm. the, the the big class um and yeah. the, the sentient ones and <coughs> and so yeah like that um i forgot where i was going with that but yeah they're big well you know you're talking about the 12 hour 12 armed king of all creation i was thinking of the king of cosmos uh and i was like is katamari a macro game <laughs> i mean Actually, yeah that's that's totally because uh -huh. you're going from like the you know starting the size of like one centimeter in in the early levels mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. eventually in the later levels you can roll up to be the size of a planet or whatever okay okay so 
<laughs> I have to say, as as much as I am totally for the argument that it's a macro game, hear me out. The character that you're playing is a tiny little thing who can just roll stuff up. The prince, yes. Yes. Is that the same? Because he's not getting huge. He's just rolling stuff into a ball. Well, there was one level where you're, the sumo is eating everything. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I, I want to accept it, but I'm just saying there's like a little, you know, devil's advocate. I know thing. enough. I, I know enough people who are into size stuff that, that really love Katamari because of, primarily yes. because of that, that I think it counts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it totally counts. You're building planets. I think it counts. No, you're building stars. Yeah, That's excuse fair. me, stars, yes. Yep. Everybody knows that's how stars are made. Well, you know, and you're talking about fighting gods and stuff like uh, uh, God of War and all that. I was trying to think what's the next biggest size down. <clears throat> and I, I was reminded of uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, and yeah. I actually just that's finished. A neat game. I, I had played it back in like 2008 or 2009, um, but I only got about a third of the way through. And I just finished it finally for the first time last summer. Um, what a masterpiece! It's Ugh. it's better when it's not the original PS2 version because the PS2 version had so such a bad frame rate. It, it um, couldn't oh, really? it. The, uh, the it was like less. The PS2 some some levels it. like some sometimes it was less than ten frames a second. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was pretty bad, but the PS4 wow. release is good. The, the, the yeah the remake. Well, they made a remake on the PS3 and then they did another yeah, like yeah, yeah. remaster. And the PS3 one was fine, uh, but the remaster that came out uh, a few years ago on the PS4 is not to is mention really that amazing. soundtrack. Yeah, oh. one, one of the best soundtracks in games. It's it was so one of the, it's one of the macro games that you'll run into where the macros are neither. It's neither destruction based or combat based. Yeah, they're right. just they're just beasts who exist, and you're charged well, well, with killing them. It's it, so sad. It is combat based because you are like climbing and stabbing and, and shooting arrows, but but they didn't do anything to you. Leave them alone. And, and have you finished the game? I, I have. have. Yeah, it's sad. It's it 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 ends up being really sad at the, the end. The very well, sad ending. The whole you, game yeah. is sad. Ugh. But it's such a beautiful. It's a masterpiece. Every game time you too. kill a, a a colossus, and then all the, the the black like tendrils come in and envelop your character, it's just like, oh my god, why am I doing this? Because yeah. I don't because have another. Plot. My only other choice in this game is to do nothing because there's nothing uh -huh. else to do in this world but kill these colossus. Well, well speaking of evil and choices, uh, you got uh, the black and white series. Black and white series. Yes, the the kind of god oh, game. The guy you were Peter the god and you had to choose between good and evil, and really? you had a giant avatar critter that would change based upon your actions. It, you one of never... one of the options was a lion. You've never heard of this? No, it was I need a, it. it was a PC before. only game um, from the PC early only. early two thousands, I think. Maybe yeah, the two thousand through uh, and two thousand five huh. was uh, number two. Yeah, there were two of them that were kind of real, real close to each other. Gotcha. But yeah, one of one of the uh, giants could be like a. Your choice was like a giant lion, I think, as as, as your avatar. Um, there was like that. an ape or a giant cow. The cow, cow? yeah, I forgot about the okay. cow. I remember the ape and the lion, but <laughs> cows. Mega and cow. I had a friend that accidentally, because you have to teach your cow or you have to teach your creature to do good things or bad right. things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had one friend who was using his creature, his lion, to clear the landscape, and apparently he he just taught the lion to pick up rocks and throw them. Oh boy, and, uh, which is fine, but. It affects your creature. So his creature kept getting bigger and buffer. So he didn't mind that. Uh -huh. <laughs> I had another friend that you want, he wanted to teach his cow, no, don't poop in the village. But he taught <laughs> it a little too well. So oh. it just wouldn't poop. And it swelled up like a balloon. Oh, oh God. Uh, Did it burst? <laughs> That's a thing? No, it just stayed at 100% at all times and was round. 
That's amazing. Again, I know. I know some people who'd be really into that. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to move right along. Um, the, the thing about the black and white series is that they were such good concepts for games, but the execution it's so was... so hard to execute that. Yeah. Game, you know? mm -hmm. and, and that's so. like, that's that's the definition of Peter Molitor, the game designer, uh, who, who designed black and white and black and white too, um, or the, the head designer. Right. Um, his games are so high concept, and 90% of the time, they there's just they fall short in the execution. I think yeah, I, the actual gameplay ends up being shallow. Yeah. There's like three games of his. I think I I, I could think of that where the gameplay that wasn't no, that's that's well right. Spore is well right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Peter Molyneux was mm. populous. Um, he did Theme Park. Both of those are real good, and I think the execution works with that. Um, although Theme Park eventually there was better games after it that were in that genre. Um, I think the Black and White series. He did Fable, Fable One, Fable Two, Fable Three, and Fable. Oh yeah. I, I think Fable Two ended up working primarily because he was able to build off the mistakes of Fable One. Um, Fable One had a lot of potential, but uh, just I, I think he was too obsessed with the idea of oh, you can plant this acorn and then come back to it as an adult and it's a tree. Okay, hmm. well, there's a tree in my video game. What can I do with this tree? But it was an acorn, okay. you know, 30 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Not, I guess, no. <laughs> but you know, I'm playing a video game here. It's not like I can do right. much with that, um, and that that kind of worked better in Fable Two with like the, you know, the, the choices you made as a, or a young adult to having weight and later and like villages being gone and affecting mm -hmm. what you could do in the game. Um, plus, there was a dog in Fable Two, and the dog was awesome. Um, so yes, he was. Yes. So I have to say, uh, we haven't mentioned something yet that is something that came out recently. And uh, for those of you who are aware, I created a a character who is essentially just an alternate Sona of mine now. I love him so much. Tooth, the Anjanath. Anjanath being a monster from Monster Hunter World. That's ah. a macro micro game if I have ever seen one. It is so good. I saw that go by in titles. Is it, what, What's the gameplay? So Monster Hunter it's, has it's been around. It's ridiculously complicated. Yeah. That's what the <laughs> gameplay is. You just got to get okay. used to it. But or you got to or you got to play with around. some. I mean, it's got multiplayer. And if you can play with somebody who knows what they're doing, it's probably better. But true. If you're True. trying to play by yourself, it's uh, and so, just coming into it blind, it's not fun at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I I thought it was fun, but obviously it comes down to the type of gamer or what you like and stuff. Because I love Monster Hunter. I started it solo. Um, but Monster Hunter as a series has been around since. <laughs> It's been forever. Like early, early 2000s. I think even before that, yeah. Yeah. But Monster Hunter World is the latest installment, and a lot of people, some diehards are obviously not thinking so, but a lot of people are agreeing that it's the best title in nice. the series. It's, it's, the, it's the biggest selling Capcom game of all time. Yeah, it really? is. It More is than such, Street Fighter. More than Street Fighter, uh -huh. yeah. Wow. It is such a good game. Uh, the way they implement... Um, and, and those games were always big sellers in Japan. Uh, it's just that with the world, it finally became a huge seller in the rest right. of the world. Ah. So essentially, you play the role of a monster hunter who uh, you go out into the field, um, into the new world, essentially. There's lore behind it all, but you sail to this place called the new world. There's a lot of new monsters and your mission, as well as the rest of the people in the camp... Um, it's a very large camp as well. It's like thousands of people uh, is to understand and study these monsters as well as, you know, you have to slay them for parts and things. And it's it, it is a quintessential um, giant monster versus tiny protagonist game. And it, it, it's it's wonderful. The monsters are really well designed. 
um, the cinematics are, are fantastic. It's it's just a great game. I can't recommend it enough. It is a bit of a slow start, though. So. And, and if you're looking to play it, it is on uh, Xbox Game Pass right now. Um, I think maybe it might be just the Xbox One version or, or um, it may be the PC version, too, if you have the whole Game Pass Ultimate thing. But the whole mm-hmm. subscription thing where you can pay like 10 or 15 bucks a month and get access to a bunch <laughs> of games, it, it is on that. So that's a way you so, can try it out without having to buy it. Uh, interestingly enough, if I'm not mistaken, Monster Hunter World is more CPU-oriented than GPU. So you can have a relatively, like, above average, obviously, but maybe like a, um, uh, a 1060, 1070 graphics card, like NVIDIA GTX or something, and be able to play it at high, high quality and things, and ultra quality. It's it's pretty well optimized. Kenson. Yeah. Do you know anything about Ark Survival Evolved? Yes, does, it, does uh, that game also have monsters and stuff? Like, is that? I, I, it I just, does. I, 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 those two games seem linked in my mind for some reason. I'm not sure why. So, Ark Survival Evolved is essentially a obviously survival game, but it's dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. And yeah, but the dinosaurs themselves are much bigger okay. than what dinosaurs should actually be, which I'm all in favor. Wait, of. Wait, are you saying dinosaurs shouldn't be big? Kenson? dinosaurs, dinosaurs should be the biggest, much bigger than they are or what they were. And Spike, if you're listening to this, that that's for you. Spike Dino. Um, but is, is the gameplay for for Ark Survival Evolved similar to Monster Hunter World, or am I just? No, it's it's not. It's kind of a base building game, um, survival. Oh. But you're you're trying to either coexist because you can capture dinosaurs and make them uh, into like um, pets, or to help your community, uh, or you can choose to stay hostile with some. Um, it's like. I hate to compare it to this, <laughs> but it's like Minecraft. I knew you were going to say Minecraft, yeah. But but fantastic graphics, and actually on the flip side, Dinosaur uh, Craft. Yes, Dino Craft. Uh, Arc is extremely um, heavy when it comes to GPU. Extremely heavy. A lot of people have problems with the frame rate and stuff because of how many assets there are. And the uh, and the game and things. So. That game is also on Game Pass. I should try it out. I, I I've been wanting mm-hmm. to download that on either. I think that one is definitely on both Xbox and PC. Um, but I just haven't got around. I've got other games to play that aren't macro themed, but at least I'm, I'm more engaged in. Mm-hmm. Interestingly yeah. enough, uh, if you don't have an Xbox One X, um, I think Ark Survival Evolved still runs at like thirty, even on the Xbox One. That's how GPU crazy it is. So. Warned. Have either of you played uh, Evolve? Oh yes, uh, I've got. I have had a chance to play it once or twice. Um, so uh, Evolve really was the unique one where you had a team of four people right. that were hunting the big critter. Uh-huh. And you it's like Left for Dead, except the other side plays a monster too. And the monster can get like. Well, I guess on Left for Dead, the other side plays monsters. Like yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's so good. I never. But, played um, it. But I heard if you if you bought it, you can still play it. But the they've cut the servers; you can't do mm-hmm. uh, gameplay anymore uh, with multiple teams unless you already own it. Mm-hmm. So uh, another wow. game series, another game series that uh, has huge things involved in it. Um, Ratchet and, and Clank of... size matters. I mean, okay, yeah, that's fair. Brought to you by this <laughs> size matters podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, I shouldn't interrupt you. So all of the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne as well as Sekiro um, include massive bosses and massive enemies and things. Um, Sekiro specifically has a valley 
not not as uh, not as long as the valley, but it basically takes up the entire the entirety of a valley that you have to go through. It is a massive snake, thousands of feet long. Um, it's like a cobra, like a pure white cobra, beautiful creature, and you have to essentially run from it, or you can kill it. Yeah. So, but from software has always had an element because they did mech games too with Armored Core. They've always had this element of big in their games, which well, that's, I that's really a enjoy. Good question. Are, are there any are there any mech games that you would consider macro? I Pretty mean, much all of them. Yeah, every mech is inherently macro, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember what was the one crazy, crazy Steel Battalion? Did you ever see that? Oh my gosh, yes. the one where you had to have the special controller I, I, that I, had like two hundred buttons on it. I think we talked about that last episode. Oh, did we? Uh, not last oh. episode, but last when we talked about video games. That game is insane. Props to whoever plays it and plays it well. Well, you know they came out with a version for Connect on the Xbox 360 that was did they really? that had no control. Well, actually, no. It had a, you, you actually still used <laughs> the, no control. <laughs> you, you still used the regular 360 controller, but it also had the motion oh. controls. Except the motion okay. controls did not work at all. Apparently, mm-hmm. it was like I one like of the that worst thing is supposed games to be controller heavy. How did you just wave your hand in the hair over here for button? Yeah, I mean, like, like, like you would because like, because like inside the the Mac, you're. It's like kind of a steampunk type thing. So you're like turning levers with your hand. And apparently there's some point where you have to turn around and like high five the other um, <laughs> members of your team or like uh. stuff like that. But apparently it was just really bad as far as uh, recognizing mm-hmm. um, those motions, wow. like even worse than your typical Kinect game. Uh, so there's a pretty bar, pretty low bar to start with. So here's a uh, here's an interesting shift of gears. Any VR games that are macro oriented? Oh, oh, geez. There's one where you're, there's one where you're the big creature and you're mm-hmm. fighting the other person defending. What the heck is that? Ghost monster or something like that. I know that that's one. <laughs> Ghost monster is fun, but no, there's one you're literally. Uh, I was over at Frank's house and playing this because he got a VR mm-hmm. setup. I think I know what you're talking about as well. Oh, Lord, because you you're, the role you're the literally you're walking linearly through the city, destroying things and swatting, yep. uh, swatting like helicopters and stuff out of the sky. When are we going to get a holodeck so that this can actually become realish? <laughs> well, I, I've got a VR one that's, that's got whatever you, you're thinking of, Beat uh, Benny. Oh, what's that? Universe Sandbox too. Oh yeah. You're basically I mean, the size, like bigger than like holding planets in your hands. You are gone. Oh wow, <laughs> that sounds fun. I mean, it's not really uh, that. That is one of the more like not really a game ones because it's more of just like playing with these levers and seeing what would happen if you suddenly made the uh-huh. sun 20 times the size that it was, or the earth mm-hmm. became a black hole instead, that kind of thing. Um, right, but it's fun to do in VR, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Way, way better than just desktop. Just pick up pick up this planet and then just yeet it! Yeet! I was surprised how much <laughs> I enjoyed empty. VR. Yeah. I, so, I was really, really surprised how much I enjoyed VR. I expected it to give me motion sickness, and it did. I, I still need to get a VR like um, VR kit, like Oculus yeah. or this. The Steam Index actually just got released too. It's also like a thousand dollars. I know, but I want to. I have an HTC Vive, and it's cool. It's not worth the money. I think right mm-hmm. now, if you if you're someone who's just like kind of unsure about VR and you want a good starting point. Get a play, if you have a PlayStation Four, get a PlayStation VR yeah, because I've heard extremely good reviews about PS. Well, it, it's the whole thing is like the technology isn't as good as the other as Oculus or or, or HTC or you know Index, yeah. but for a discount though, it's, it's yeah. cheaper and 
they got a like a, all the good games are on the PS4. There's a lot of games I wish that I could play that are PS4 exclusive or oh, yeah. were tiny exclusive. Like Tetris Effect just came out on the Epic Store instead of Steam, um, but it was a PS4 exclusive for you know seven or eight months. Um, mm-hmm. So that is you know that's a good place to start, and it's and, and it works well enough that it's a good starting point. Yep, I hope this doesn't start too many fires, but I am definitely Team PlayStation. I have it's, everything. It's... I'm, I support all video games. <laughs> I, I do not pick sides. Yeah. But right now, well, I'm like, probably, I... right now, I'm probably playing my Switch mostly more than anything else. Right. Well, I, I agree, and I'm very much you know neutral when it comes to you know media and things. But right now, the PlayStation is is better for titles and things, in my my opinion. I've got um, an Atari hooked up downstairs. Nice. Uh, I have a Dreamcast. Oh, nice. You know, it surprised me. Uh, I was looking around. There's homebrew folks making basically cartridges that you can put memory sticks in for uh-huh. uh, Nintendo, Sega, all the old systems. And there's an entire community out there developing old games for them. Oh, yeah. yeah that is like, amazing. I, I missed that that got serious in the last couple of years. It's like, oh, cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess unless is there anything else you well, guys want to talk about before we go? Yes, well, there is uh, one we, more thing. Oh, man. We missed a couple games. What you got? We're, we're going to have a longie this week. Yeah, so so I'll do it real fast. Uh, as far as mobile games go, TikTok, or PickPock, rather. Uh, not TikTok is a different application. PickPock, the developer, uh, came out with a game called I Am Monster uh, about four or five months ago, maybe more. And it is a game that is an auto-scroller game. It's 3D environment, uh, but you literally have monsters that you can collect you can make them bigger and stomp around, destroy stuff, etc. The idea is essentially just like to get as far as you can when it comes to levels. They have like um, little uh, events where you can get special things out of it. But if you like a game that's an auto scroller, just watching monsters have fun, rampage, stomp around. I am monster is amazing. There was a similar game to that, and maybe it might even be the same game, but it doesn't look like it has the same. Um icon uh that alkali turned uh mentioned that i kind of played and actually didn't really enjoy but um <laughs> i'm trying to see if i can find it because i deleted it from my phone uh also uh, when it comes to i am monster uh team rogzora for the win uh also goriko is good too i love goriko and obliviox obliviox there's is, too many things uh, with the word monster in it in the app store that i'm not gonna be able to find this oh wait, I can obliviox is a sexy beast well, and that's that's the trouble i ran into there's a couple of games i have on my ipad that you, you basically walk through you destroy buildings or there are side scrolling godzilla Woo. punching things but they're they're one off you spend five minutes playing them and you're like okay i'm done you know yeah. nothing really uh, that's sick. the way that's just that's all mobile games pretty much i mean you know, even like Rodan or something. Even like ones made by big developers like Super Mario Run or whatever, just very fleeting, I guess. You know, that's yeah. the, the the a phone or an iPad is not a good iPad's a little better, but a phone is not a good um, gaming platform, I don't think. But the, mobile mobile is eh. The <laughs> game I was uh, uh, thinking of is called Monsters with Attitude Brawl. What? Monsters with Attitude. Brawl. Mm, yeah. Brawl. And I gotta say, like, I like the character designs in it of the monsters. They're very uh, appealing. Um, and there is definitely a size-shifting element where you're, like, going around and the more you destruct, the bigger you get. Um, but it is also kind of microtransacty heavy, um, which a lot of, of course. mobile games are. Um, and, yeah, I just... Those kind of mechanics turn me off real quick. 
Interesting. So it's it's for Android and iPhone. I don't know if it's on Android. I don't have an Android, so I can't look it up. I know it's on iOS. Okay. Interesting. I might have to check it out. I might download it because when it comes to games that involve microtransactions, I am a mountain. I do not give in. In the uh, in the effort of just winding the cast down and not taking forever, uh, the last <laughs> couple of games that I was going to chat about, and we we can just go through them quick or whatever. Uh, Giant Citizen Kabuto. Uh, okay was a common one uh peter jackson king kong had a lot of fun yes in it. oh i love that game uh the, of course back in the old day war of monsters was the neo geo kind of a uh, 3d scrolly version of rampage uh, uh but the one i wanted to maybe spend some time chatting about uh colossal kaiju combat which yep. was a fan game put together and didn't we have one getting put together that kind of died in the community uh i don't think that was know. in the community that was the like kaiju fighter or kaiju yeah combat. like duncan had duncan Roo had. Also, that that actually is colossal kaiju combat is that what is that what that is mm-hmm. he's in the game if i'm not mistaken oh he was so supposed that... to be yeah but then i think that that uh project kind of fell apart right i think yeah, so yeah the lead developer got sick or died or something like that it was Ooh. it was not it was not like they ran off with it was a bad situation well right, i right. think there was also like an element of like stupid gamer bros being like oh man they're running about putting a furry in it oh <laughs> i thought it was all generated within the fandom but okay. we should have like the giant red panda game yes please also the, the the giant tig and chi game yeah totally. we need a we need a size matters podcast game the only way to stop them is a sunbeam that they all must sleep in that's fair that's fair. But the Size Matters <laughs> podcast game, hello, if there's anyone out there who is uh, a game developer, hi, uh, go ahead and email us at sizematterspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we can start making a game together. Kent's in this game that I'm talking about, Monsters with Attitude, is on Android. Okay, cool. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Uh, so That's all I got. On that note, I guess it's time to go ahead and move on to... Uh, what, what do we do next? Spotlight? Are we going to no, do Monster spotlight Madness or are we going to do Spotlight? Let's do the the macro madness. Um, All right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Macro madness. On on last week's episode, last two weeks ago's episode, um, we put what, what what was our matchup? Cthulhu, Cthulhu versus Voltron. Voltron. Yep. And in another big, um, oh, not pun, pun a landslide. In a landslide, mm-hmm. uh, Cthulhu won with eighty nine percent of the vote. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that, and I think that was pretty. Whoa. Um, Cthulhu power. Yeah, we had a few uh, comments on Twitter. Uh, uh, Desta that Dratini at that Dratini on Twitter said Cthulhu has BSDific God mode powers. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And uh, Zev uh, on who's a uh, what is he at? at not Zev Zevas. Zev is someone different. At Zevas the Fox on uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, Love said, you, Zev. Also, said, uh, Cthulhu no diffs Voltron. That's yes. some that, that gamer uh, lingo that I'm not familiar with. No. So so uh, I mean you got to say when it comes to the matchup itself, it was one sided because Cthulhu obviously is a is Eldritch a deity. Eldritch god. Is yeah. A, yeah yeah. And Voltron is a mech with five people driving it. So hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was an uphill battle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good, you know, good these, try, Voltron. This is the early rounds. There's going to be some one versus sixteen matchups that are going to, you know, be be your blowouts. But um, mm-hmm. well, let's see what our next matchup is. Uh, Benny, drum so, roll, please. The first person coming in 
draconic and at 110 meters is Destroya from the Godzilla Toho series. Yes. And since this video game, I swear to God, this was randomly chosen. Uh, Destroya will be versus Ralph Uh-oh. the Giant Werewolf yes. from Rampage. I love it. It's going to be a good match. That so, seems like a pretty... Well, but Ralph is only like... Ralph's not when, 110 when, meters tall. But... Yeah. Well, when it comes to consider, a size matchup, yeah, Ralph is... If it's raw size, yeah, Ralph's going to lose because he's only yeah. like 90 foot tall. But he's but, scrappy. But there has to be some balance for popularity. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like the Fables comic series. You can't kill the characters everyone knows because they just come back. And, okay, Ralph's, so you know, and Ralph's good at, at uh, climbing, too. So, so you yeah, know what I climb up and just punch Destroy in the face. <laughs> right, right. What I like Look. to think, actually, what happens is uh, with these contenders, it's more or less a, um, a size off. So, yeah, they start they have their original. So they have a size that they are in canon. But when we put them together in Macro Madness, they both start off at the same size. And your votes uh, <laughs> cause them to get bigger. That, that's not so whoever what happens. Is, whoever's at the, who's ever the biggest at the end. Then we, we the need other. to start over because that's totally not the logic we, that we no, no, for the uh, space for Godzilla. Just want growth it, scenes. It's just in my head. Okay. <laughs> Let me have this. <laughs> okay. Well, so if you want to, uh, if you have a vote for that, we'll put it out on Twitter. The at size matters cast Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reply with your, thoughts and comments uh you can also Your email no. email at uh email size matters podcast at gmail.com woop and woop. we will tally those as well and factor those in um who will win you and decide and that oh, brings I bet us ralph is gonna win you're betting that ralph's gonna win oh yeah i'm betting you're, that ralph no because we don't want to influence our votes oh okay so i'm gonna have to cut been? this part out it would be wrong for me to suggest that Ralph will win. Yes. Yeah, that's, totally that's fair. Well, <laughs> I- immoral. It's a gray area. Um, but that so. brings us to the artist spotlight. Da, 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 da. Yes. Da, 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 da. Why is it the dating game now? <laughs> <laughs> we should have a theme for, for these segments. I don't know. But uh, so who would like to go first? Let's make Quan go first. Yeah, Quan, go first. <laughs> Okay, um, so <laughs> you were the one that was prepared. No. I will shout out my good friend Sot at Sot Sot on Twitter. Let's see, it's at Sot's in. I have always have a hard time. Sot in Sot S O T N S O T. Sot and Sot on Twitter um, on Fur Affinity. Uh, I don't know what is this FA. I think he has an FA page. It's yet a Patreon, patreon.com slash SOT. Um, let me see if I can find... Uh, SOT, when you say SOT. Yes, SOT. And he is an artist that has a very cartoony style and uh, specializes, I mean, does definitely do macro stuff, specializes in also big rotund characters. Okay. Um, round, uh, you know... The whether, round boys. Yes. Um, and, yeah, uh, he also does, like, muscle and stuff, too, so... All body shapes, all sizes, and he's a super nice guy. So uh, I would recommend you following him either at Sot in Sot on uh, Twitter or his FA account is just Sot, S-O-T. Um, so for affinity.net slash user slash Sot. Um, and kind of see what you like there. Okay. Can so. Okay. Uh, is it my turn? Yes. 
Oh no. All right. So <laughs> you want me to go and give you a moment more? No, no, I'm good. So okay. uh, my spotlight this time around, I don't think I have shouted him out before, but uh, Dylan Bun or on FA uh, Dil Bun D Y L B U N on Twitter. That is uh, Dylan Bun Bun D Y L A N B U N B U N. He is a fantastic traditional artist. Uh, pretty much everything that he does, actually, I think everything that he does is traditional sketch work, etc. Um, just the way that he draws other characters, he's extremely good at perspective, extremely good at pause, and uh, of all different shapes and sizes. He's got a, a toony style. Um, it, he kind of does more of a um, not not pudgy or not not rotund, but more of a um, I, I guess just a little bit. Not not muscly, more like soft type. Um, he's extremely good. I, I've actually been watching him for a while now, and his his work has gotten better over the years as he's he's drawn. And I, I can't recommend his stuff enough. Uh, if you go to his FA page, he's got some of his latest his, some of his latest stuff, and he posts on Twitter mostly. So and his FA is Dylan Bunbun. It's uh, his FA is Dilbun D Y L B U N. His Twitter is uh, Dylan Bun Bun. So. Oh, I've seen this guy's work. Oh, yeah. I love him to death. So. Oh, the paws. Uh huh. He, he's very, <laughs> also, he's very, pun intended, paw heavy. Uh, <laughs> the paw is heavy. Your turn, uh, Bob, I, Bob, Benny. I see, I see why you're interested. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, since we're kind of doing gaming stuff. And I'm a simple we, tree. I see paw, and... I click like. Since we're kind of doing gaming stuff and we mentioned things like the size box and playing around, and since they've recently swapped jobs and are doing a bunch of commissions for their open for it because they need the money, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up Telehypnotic. Uh, Telehypnotic okay. is under the Fur Affinity user, that other guy there. Uh, on <laughs> that Patreon, other guy there. On Patreon, it's T E L E H Y P N O T I C, Telehypnotic, and there's a Kofi as well. Uh, this person will design 3D models of your character, uh, will rig them uh, as a commission and get them back to you. If you've seen some work of uh, Sari, S-A-H-R-I, which is one of Ken Sample's characters, uh, a big jackal gal, oh, yeah. uh, and the stuff like that, he does Blender to do all of his artwork. So he's rigging the models, even though most of it looks very 2D. Uh, and it's like... Uh, 200 to 350 dollars depending on uh complications to do a 3d model of your character and to rig it uh so that's a great price for what seems to be really high quality work oh yeah Uh, and so you could literally commission your character and then go import them in size box and start rendering your own images i think i'm gonna have to throw some money at this chap it's expensive but this is about the only person i know that's doing this at this quality oh yeah mission so well so so the average model like creation let alone rigging but like uh, just creation uh, it's you know 400 500 at least so it's expensive but it's something that's permanent and you can play with in different applications for forever so it's pretty nice yep so that concludes my artist spotlight and that brings us to the end of the show. <gasps> no! So soon! But, Game uh, over! If you want to uh, write in about... Snake? This snake! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is Okay, quick aside. What's the best Game Over screen in all of games? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm going to say... Metal Gear, is, Metal Gear Solid is pretty, pretty up there. That's pretty epic, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't have enough time to think about that. I'm going to just say Metal Gear 2 because that's really, really iconic. I really like um, Daytona USA, the racing game. Like uh-huh. G-A-N, like where they kind of do like a game over rap. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but honestly, oh. my, the, the right answer um, is uh, Barkley Shut Up and Jam Guide In, uh, which I don't what? know if you've ever heard of this. This is a fan-made no. – uh, it's a – Side, you know, got an inside story. So, a side story for the really bad Super Nintendo basketball game, Barkley Shut Up and Jam. Except oh this is an gosh. RPG, um, and it's an RPG <laughs> where uh, Charles Barkley is in the future. That's kind of a, a post-apocalyptic future because uh, at some point he uh, released in like the NBA Finals or whatever. He released this um, the Mega Dunk. There's another dunk name for it, but basically that destroyed half uh, destroyed Manhattan. Um, and so <laughs> now he's kind of had to live in, in hiding with his son uh, uh, Hoops Hoops Barkley, uh, who Hoops is Barkley. who has the uh, uh, potential. And Michael Jordan is uh, basically this uh, leads this police squad that has to go around and happening? police all of these NBA players to make sure they don't release all these uh, epic dunks that are destroyed. No, the, no the world mega anymore. dunking. Um, and it just gets weirder from there. Um, <laughs> Wilford Brimley is literally a character who like has um, like is like holding all of the world's diabetes um what and and the reason i bring it up in this context is because whenever you get a game over you see a picture of charles barkley Uh like a static image of him like in in a in his basketball uniform Uh, an animated tear runs down his cheek and then at the bottom it just says kurt cobain (laughs) that's the best game over screen in in, in video game holy shit what the oh, what? That's amazing. But this is a free game. Um, Barkley Shut Up and Game Jam Guide, and you can find it on the internet. Just Google oh, it. Gosh. They are supposedly releasing a sequel. Oh, that's the other thing is like this game is all like these digitized photos of these real people that are like really insanely digitized. Like it's meant to look like a 16-bit um, game, but um, there's, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like ripped assets of uh, uh, from like other games too so that's why they could never sell this one um but they're supposedly (laughs) releasing a sequel that is not gonna have that that is gonna be like a bit more legit um but i don't i've not really heard much of that recently so i don't know what's going on there um this this entire explanation has been such a journey i i just thank you for coming with me you guys this is (laughs) this is such a good and i'm only scratching the surface there's there's way more crazy stuff in that game um but yeah so on that note, uh, if, on you're, that note. if you'd like to write in about Barkley Shut Up and Jam Guy Dan or Woo! any of the other topics we talked about this week or our next week's next episode topic, which mm-hmm. is glug, 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 glug. So we're going to talk about how macros and micros could be affected and triggered by beer and other mind or alcohol, I should say, and other mind altering mm-hmm. substances, recreational um, substances, recreational substances. Mm-hmm. uh, you know, so whether how it could be dealt with as a growth trigger, how it could be dealt with as a shrinking trigger, how it could affect <laughs> um, people how at different such sizes. Items were used to attract gods or as sacrifice. Yes, and also uh, just kind of how it touches every element of macro and micro. So I think that'll be an interesting topic. Uh, probably we'll earn our explicit rating, as Benny mentioned earlier. But absolutely, <laughs> if you'd like to write in and discuss that or uh, anything else. Just email us size matters podcast at gmail.com or tweet us at size matters cast on Twitter. Um, also and... one last thing before we actually sign out, uh, when it comes to emailing, if you guys have any ideas, 
talk about as well, uh, definitely let us know because uh, we come up with things off the top of our head that we think would be interesting to talk about. But if you guys have any requests, we're more our our, our giant ears are open for you. Yes. So, so we do want to thank uh, Foxes and Peppers for letting us use Foxy the theme song. Uh, yeah. bigger and yeah. I'd like to thank Benny yeah. and Kenson yeah. Benny's and Kenson's yes Benny's and Kenson's <laughs> Benny Kenson for joining uh, yes thank you well, for having thank us thank you for hosting us woohoo oh, welcome yeah and so we're going to get out no no oh, we're going to the we're going to the bar now and it's all on you oh uh, so. yeah my bar is just my fridge take as much beer as you want I only drank, all right I only drank one of them so you can have and then the ground started shaking rhythmically as we're going to his place <laughs> All right, and until next time, Kenson. Good night, everybody, and big pause. Bye. 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 Take